limits, outdo them all with MTN. So, what are we doing today? Good afternoon and welcome to the Midday News. The news is live on Joy 99.7 FM here in Accra and Kumasi. We are on Love 99.5 FM. Over 30 affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions. We are on Amenuveve FM in Aflao, A1 Radio in Bogatanga, Castle FM in ATL FM in Kipkos. We are on Pad FM in Damango. We are live on X Spaces. We are on Facebook. We are on myjoyonline.com. The Midday News is sponsored by Petrol Soul, your clean fall in full quantity. Petrol Soul is always a delightful experience. Also brought to you by Duraplus Ghana Limited, producers of quality. PVC and HDP pipes and water tank. The only water storage tank with the level indicator where Duraplus goes, water flows. This afternoon, eight persons from Garu and Timpani detained after military brutalities on the youth over an alleged attack on their men, which has forced many to flee their homes. They were 16 in number. So when we got to the camp, they said they have done their screening and they are releasing aid to us. I've been taken to Accra. You know, the operations led to many people running away, including nurses. People are living in fear. We'll get to hear from the defense minister who's shielding his men, insisting those who were attacked were national security operatives on a mission in the area. They are in fact members of the national security apparatus and they were actually sent on official duty. There could have been, mis- there's been some, there was some miscommunication somewhere along the line and mistrust. I bring you live updates from the ground. Also, Special Prosecutor directs closure of case against former Minister of State Charles Dubois. The OSP concludes that even though he was found to be trading in influence peddling, his actions did not amount to a crime. We have details of the OSP's report of investigation into alleged corruption and related offences. Also this afternoon. The battle for bragging rights, wits, and academic prowess as Presec Legon, Opokuwari School, and Achimoto School battle for the 2023 National Science and Masquerade Trophy. The living God. So this year we are going for the eight. We will turn the city upside down because this is history and make Osekrum a happy place. We don't boast. As matter, we don't boast. We are just there for the finals and. I take you live to the campuses of all the participating schools as well. We have sports. Mediama left scrambling for a new venue after CAF rejects the Kipco Stadium for their Champions League group stage campaign. Also this afternoon, root out and professionalism in the media space. EC Chair Jin Mensa tasks National Media Commission as she warns poor journalism could plunge the country into chaos ahead of the 2024 polls. To our National Media Commission, proactivity is needed now more than ever ensure strict adherence to media ethics bring to book those who flout the norms we have details from the night where Joy News. Zirastu Sasari Donko was crowned Ghana's Journalist of the Year with the multimedia group sweeping seven other awards. Distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, would have to give honor where it is due. And I'm glad to announce to you the GJA PAV Answer Journalist of the Year for this 27th edition of the award. Erastus Asari Donko. Let's get now you know why you ought to stay with us for all the details here on the Midday News. We are your home of independent, fearless and credible journalism. I am MFA Apau.
Many thanks for choosing us. We start off from the Upper East Region where the military is reported to have detained eight persons from Garu and Timpani in the region after subjecting many of the youth to corporal punishment and physical assault over an alleged attack on their men on Sunday. Garu DC Osman Musa and Timpani DC Isaka and Abide said the eight were selected out of 16 suspects after a screening and later airlifted out of the area for further interrogation by the military unit. Well, this is after the National Security Minister released a statement explaining the actions. My colleague, Mami Sinyamiche Thompson, of our security desk has details of that statement, joins me in studio. What exactly does it say, Mami Sin? So, MFI, in the release, the ministry stated that a team of five counterterrorism intelligence officers deployed to Gary for a critical and special operation where were attacked on Tuesday, October 24. Now, according to the National Security, the youth armed with guns and weapons fired multiple gunshots at its officers in a Toyota Land Cruiser despite the initial attempt to introduce themselves. And the statement says that following an escalation of the attacks on their vehicle, the officers drove to seek refuge at the Garu police station. The Irish youth subsequently pursued the officers and circled the police station and fired multiple shots at same with the intention of killing the officers. And also the timely intervention of the Ghana armed forces enabled the safe evacuation of the national security personnel from the Garu police station. Now, following the attack, a joint operation was conducted on Sunday in Garu to seize weapons used by the perpetrators of the attack on the national security personnel and arrest some perpetrators. And that's according to the ministry. And it also says that the minister deems the attack on the security personnel at the police station highly unacceptable and strongly condemns the act aimed at intimidating and harming officials of the state security and intelligence agencies and impeding them from effectively executing their mandate to safeguard the peace and stability of Ghana. The ministry says it owes it a duty to protect personnel of state security and intelligence agencies who have sworn an oath to, at all times, defend the people and the and the territorial integrity of Ghana against all forms of threats, MFA. Thank you very much. That's my colleague, Mami Sinyamiche Thompson of our security desk. Meanwhile, Minister of Defense, Dominic Netewo has defended the military, insisting the men were on a mission in the area and may have been attacked based on wrong information. Basically, to the four people that you mentioned that uh, apparently some people misjudge them and try to apprehend them, they're in fact members of the national security apparatus and they were actually sent on official duty. There could have been, mis- there's been some, there was some miscommunication mis- somewhere along the line and mistrust. It's one of the things that we are trying to resolve. Because there's some bit of mistrust in the general Boko area, people try to assume things that may not be right. And maybe because they don't have the initial information, may, may try to do things that may not be right. But we are concerned about that mistrust and we're taking steps to address them. To ensure that not just Boko, but the entire northern uh, zone is relatively peaceful and safe. If there are people who are not members of security agencies who will let you know. Well, the chief executives in the area say even though calm has returned, many residents, especially men, have fled their homes for fear of being attacked again. Here are the Garu DC, Osman Musa, and Timpani DC, Isaka Anabide. They were 16 in number. So when we got to the camp, they said they have done their screening and they are releasing aid to us. But the aid, they were airlifting them to Accra. From there, I went and met the regional minister and... We called the National Security Minister and the Defense Minister to see how they will be brought back. So they promised that if they are able to do their interrogation, 
they may bring them back today and that is what uh, we are looking for but generally the place now is calm but people are living in fear as a Garu district what we did yesterday was to ensure safety we had to call on uh, restaffing from Boko. You know, the operations led to many people running away, including nurses. Uh, so we had to get staffing from Boko. Doctors were deployed here. Medical logistics were also uh, deployed here to help to take care of the team in numbers. Let me bring in our correspondent, Albert Sorry, following up on this beat for us. Albert, uh, we are told that the minister is supposed to be on the ground. Uh, what exactly have you been picking up from them? Yes, MFA. So the minister is still on the way. He left his office in Bogatanga uh, earlier this afternoon. I've been communicating with his team and he has not arrived on the ground yet. So we're waiting for updates when he finally gets there. But let's get a sense of the general situation in the area following this particular action by the military. Yes, so this morning we had reports. Uh, we've been talking to the medical doctor at the Garu Presbyterian Hospital, where some of the victims were admitted. This morning, he tells us that one of the victims, 22-year-old Mohamed Garba, sustained uh, a head and chest injury. And uh, because of that, he's, had, he's been transferred to the Tamale Teaching Hospital for further attention. One more patient has also been transferred outside of that hospital to another one uh, in neighboring Binduri for further medical attention, while several others are still on admission at various hospitals. Their distraught family members have been visiting the hospitals, and um, medical bills and all of that have become a serious challenge for them. Uh, um, this is the most severe case we recorded yesterday. So at the time they arrested him, he was also one of those who were unconscious. So he sustained some head injury, that is some, some, some degree of uh, uh, injury to the brain. He also had multiple injuries to the chest, um, including bruises and cuts all over, both in front and then uh, at the back. First than yesterday, we couldn't even touch him at all. When he went unconscious and came back, we couldn't, we couldn't just touch him. He also sustained, I think uh, from what he narrated to me, the, the, the one of the military men stepped on his testicles, on his box. So. Well, that's a medical doctor at the Presbyterian Hospital, Mohamed Jamal. They're giving us update on some of the injured. Though are the minority in Parliament's Defence and Interior Committee is pushing for an inquiry into the brutalities by the military when Parliament resumes. Here's ranking member James Agalga. After all the people in Garu in a random manner and whoever came into sight was caught, beaten to pulp and then in the process many people have secured various degrees of injury. I think that um, that, that conduct is unprofessional, cannot be accepted at all. The torture that has been visited on the people, okay, I've so seen the images, it's very right. So, So what do you intend to do about this now? Well, like I said before, a similar incident happened, and that formed the basis of a parliamentary proof. And like I, I said earlier, that report is ready and would be laid as soon as parliament reconvenes. And so well, that's the ranking member on the Defence and Interior Committee, James Agalga. Let me bring in the MP for Timpani, Lydia Lamisi Akamvariba. We are grateful for your time here on the Midday News. So earlier, uh, a statement, you, you've been talking about the fact that you're worried about the actions of the military, insisting that the attacks on your constituents were unprovoked. Now, hearing from the Defence Minister and those on the ground that indeed um, these men were attacked, following reason why we had this action by the military, do you dispute the claims? 
Good afternoon. Good afternoon, let me see. We can hear you. Yeah, good afternoon to you and your cherished listeners. Uh, as you have just mentioned, that is what really happened in the, in the, the constituency. We are all devastated and we are trying to see what we can do to help those who have been injured and those who are in the hospital to get um, the proper medical attention. Do you insist if, after getting the full picture that the attack on your constituents were unprovoked? Yes, it was unprovoked. Basically, looking at the reasons they have given, yes, even if that is true, as they, as they have said, what, has go, what happened in Garu got to do in Timpani? Where they went and beat the people, is 20 kilometers from the police station that the incident happened. So what has that got to do with what the claim has happened and they are beating the people and injuring them? Mm. Well, I, I suppose there's a particular action you're hoping to take on behalf of your constituents. Yes. I, um, I have to go to the constituency and assess the situation on the ground. That is first. We, have, we are going to lace up with the national security, the leaders of the military, and probably we have to come back to parliament and ask for a proof into this particular incident. But help me reconcile this. Let me see. I hear you say you are now going on the ground to ascertain the situation for yourself, but you insist the attack on your constituents were unprovoked. How do you come by that conclusion then? I'm in constant in contact with my constituents. I was woken up in the night around 3 a.m. that they are beating them. The military is just beating them anyhow. And I know that the ask as at now, that particular place is 20 kilometers away from the police station. Okay. So the, the, there is no relationship between what the the security uh, minister has put up there and what <laughs> We're grateful for your time. That's the Timpani MP, Lydia Lamisi Akanvariba. Well, let's move on to some other stories now. And this afternoon, the special prosecutor, Kisie Jabing, has directed the closure of investigations into the conduct of former Minister of State at the Finance Ministry, Charles Dubois, for corruption and related offence. Charles Dubois was caught on video demanding huge sums of money to introduce some businessmen to President Akofado and Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. But after months of investigation, the OSP has concluded that despite trading in influence peddling, the actions of Charles Dubois did not amount to a crime. Kwekwa Santi of our Legal Affairs Desk joins me in studio with details of what we are learning from that conclusion of the OSP. First, Kwekwa, uh, let's talk about the referral of the conduct of Mr. Dubois to the Special Prosecutor for Investigation. How did it all start? Yes, MFO, on the 14th of November 2022, President Ekufuado requested the OSP to investigate allegations of corruption and corruption-related offences involving Mr. Dubois contained in an investigative documentary titled Galamse Economy, published by celebrated Ghanaian investigative journalist Anas Aremiao Anas. Now run us through the investigations conducted by the special prosecutor. So the OSP, upon determining that the referral and complainant spoke to the same set of allegations against Mr. Dubwahin, that they were within the mandate of the OSP, authorized the commencement of preliminary investigation into the matter, accordance with Regulation 51B, and subsequently a full investigations under Regulation 51 c and six of the office of the special prosecutor regulations 
LI2374, the investigation was conducted with as little intrusion into the privacy of persons as the circumstance permitted, and this according to the special prosecutor. Mm. Now, what went into the OSP's decision that no criminal offence had been committed by Mr. Edubwahe? So, the OSP set out an, an elaborate findings that he makes, but he goes on to say that though the conduct of Mr. Edubwahe amounts to trading in influence or influence peddling, which is closely associated with corruption, there is no actual criminal prohibition of his acts in respect of which the OSP has a mandate to further act. On that reckoning, the special prosecutor directs the closure this time of the investigations in respect of allegations of corruption and corruption-related offenses involving Charles Edubohin as contained in the Anas. Anas Aremia Anas documentary. Thank you very much. A quick question to you of our legal affairs desk. Now, Electoral Commission Chairperson Jean Mensa is tasking the National Media Commission to deal ruthlessly with unprofessional journalists as the country prepares for the crucial 2024 general elections. Delivering the keynote address at the 27th GGA Awards, Jean Mensa noted unprofessional journalism could plunge the country into chaos. To our National Media Co Commission, proactivity is needed now more than ever ensure strict adherence to media ethics, bring to book those who flout the norms, set standards that compel truth and respect, and to our citizens, as consumers of information, be discerning, understand the power of informed choice, and demand nothing less than the truth from your sources. Ladies and gentlemen, election 2024 will be a landmark election in the history of our country. Let us rise to the occasion and make Ghana proud. Well, Madam Jean Benter also warned journalists against allowing themselves to be used to run down the Electoral Commission. She added, however, that the EC does not see itself above criticism. Do note that we and the Electoral Commission are not above scrutiny. Scrutinize and criticize our work as your role requires, but do so objectively. Criticism laced with insults and falsehood should be beneath you. I reiterate once again that we are partners with you in this quest to build our nation. We must all put Ghana first and work to ensure that irrespective of the side of the political divide we may sit, our actions and activities inure to the benefit of our dear country. And therefore to all our stakeholders, especially to our media professionals, your pen and platform have unmatched power. Fact-checking and research aren't mere journalistic niceties. They are necessities. Uphold them. Now, you know by now that my favorite colleague, hardworking, fearless, independent, bold reporter one, Eraso Sasaridon, who has been a judge, the GJA, PAV, and Sajournalist of the Year, Eraso's elaborate documentaries on the devastating effects of illegal mining, popularly known as Galamse, stood tall among all the entries filed. Joint News and Multimedia Journalists won up to eight awards on the night. There's more in the following News Desk report. Distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, would have to give honor where it is due, and I'm glad to announce to you the GJA, PAV, and Sajournalist of the Year for this 27th edition of the award, Erastus Asari Donko. Erastus Asari Donko has been a trailblazer with a series of documentaries he has produced on the illegal mining menace, risking his life to go deep into the forest to bring to light the devastating impact of illegal mining topped all the entries filed for this year's awards. There is no doubt that you served your country in this big way 
bringing attention to a menace threatening to consume the nation. The 27th GGA Awards was dedicated to celebrating journalists who produced exceptional journalistic works in the year 2022. After picking his award, Erastus Asaridonko taxed government to do more to end the illegal mining menace. It was a daunting task, but we needed to do it to prick the conscience of government, to prick the conscience of those who do it, and to also tell the public that these are the effects of it and we need to fight it together. The multimedia group on the night also won seven more awards, with Joy Business's Emma Davis winning Business and Economic Journalist of the Year. The Investigative Journalist of the Year and Female Journalist of the Year went to freelancer and Joy News's Francisca Enchil. Joy Prime's Emmanuel Givenu also won the Best Disability Reporter Award, whilst Joy FM's Newsfile won the English Radio Program of the Year. The GGA Komla Dumamu's Promising Journalist of the Year Award also went to the multimedia group's Neta Chris Abiana Prasam, whilst Colincia Aifa was also awarded Student Journalist of the Year. Nine awards out of 31. I'm really so proud of my colleagues. Congratulations to all of you. This is the Midday News here on Joy 99.7 FM, brought to you by Petrosol. Always a delightful experience. Also brought to you by Drio Plus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC and HDP pipes and water tank. The only water storage tank with a level indicator where Drio Plus goes, water flows. We'll return from the break with sports. And then. Is the battle for bragging rights weights and academic prowess as Presec Legon Opokuwari School and Achimoto School battle for the 2023 National Science and Mass Grace Trophy? <laughs> the living God. So this year, we are going for the eight. We will turn the city upside down because this is history and make Osekrum a happy place. We don't boast. As much as we don't boast, we are just there for the finals and... Budgets are tight and money difficult to come by. You want to be sure you get the best value for your money. These are not times to be spending money fixing expensive engine problems because of cheap fuel and lubricants. Drive to a petrol source station today and buy your quality fuel and lubricants and rest assured of fuel that lasts long and lubricants that prevent expensive engine problems. Hear the sound. <laughs> Petrosol. Clean fuel in full quantity. Imagine say water wake up at dawn. In no both. In no chop. When you vanish for your area for two weeks, uh-huh. you not get one drop safe inside your tank. Hey. Hadja, our life was in dangerous. Only our neighbor gets water with water tank. Water, water tank. tank? Yes. Water tank. Mamma mia. That water tank gets meter for checking water level. That water tank be fine past Masi Selenium. <laughs> that water tank be tough like Ghana Army. That water tank, they carry water pepepe. So say some no go left inside the supply tank. Mm. What a tank. That's my boss, Mr. Foncho Gotor. <laughs> Beautiful, durable, with water level indicator and accurate volume of water. Water tank. What a tank by Duraplast. Thank you. 
Thanks for sticking with us. Let's do sports. We'll Thank back. you very much, MFN. Now, Mediama will have to look elsewhere for their home games in the CAF Champions League after the Cape Coast Stadium was rejected by CAF. The Ghana Premier League champions played their qualification games at the stadium and were hopeful of having it approved for their group stage games. But the continent's football governing body deemed it unfit for usage. The decision means Mediama would now have to rely on the Babayara Stadium as their next option. Here's their communications director, Patrick Akotu. So, even, I mean, even convinced that if we had cho- chosen Kumasi and Kekosi, we have get it all. The only option now is Kumasi is still built as the only state, Papa Stadia for Ghana. So, we we'll go Kumasi, Cote or Okina Faso. Yeah, that's Patrick Akoto, Mediamis uh, PRO. Okay. Well, we're getting ready for the NPP presidential primaries and NPP flag bearer hopeful Francis Adenimo says the NPP will struggle to break the eight if it does not take steps to fix the race, uh, which he says has been skewed in favor of Vice President Mahmoud Balmia. Now, with barely about five days more, that more than 200,000 delegates of the NPP uh, will elect a flag bearer for the 2024 elections. Francis Adenimo, who is running for the second time to lead the party, says the rhetoric of Kennedy Ejapong, his fellow contender, is concerning. Here from the documentary focusing on the former Mampo MP. With just a few days for more than 200,000 delegates of the governing New Patriotic Party to crown a new person to lead it into the 2024 election, the race is heating up and the rhetoric is hitting a crescendo. One of the four out of the initial list of 10 parties towards who made it from the Superdelegate Conference is Engineer Adainimo who is seeking to lead the NPP for the second time after his first bid in 2014 failed. Welcome to the story of Adainimo. I'm a 58-year-old man, and I come from a community under Mampon in Ashanti region called Nyinampon. So I'm an Ashanti by birth. He strongly believes the playing field has been skewed to favor Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. No, the playing field has not been leveled and it is admitted it is an open secret because we have certain key party senior members who openly declare support for one particular candidate that's francis ade nemo Later this afternoon, three schools, nine contestants, two proud regions. It's only a few hours to the climax of this year's national science and mass grace as undisputed champions Presek Legon square up with the Pokuari School, Achimoto School. But many are asking whether it will be a repeat or revenge. Presek Legon have in the past toppled the two schools to clinch the ultimate prize at the grand finale. So while Achimoto School is seeking to end the reign of their city rivals, Pokuari School is yet to figure out how to, uh, you know, take on seconds after they missed the trophy to the Odadiers in four final clashes. Let's gauge the mood ahead of the grand finale. First up, obviously, is the Presbyterian Boys Secondary Campus. My colleague Latif Idris is on standby. Latif, let's talk about the Presecans. How ready are they for the finals? Yeah, my father. So, Presecans are ready. If you come to the school where I am right now, uh, academic activities have been suspended. You would find the students, I mean, those who are not participating are wandering around Earlier, I engaged the assistant headmasters in charge of academic and administration, and they are very confident. They tell me that by the end of the second round, they are going to put daylight between themselves 
and their rivals. We serve the living God, and we've seen that God has done so much for us. So we are saying that our God is a great God. So this year we are going for the eight. That's all. Well, how do you address the concerns, the talk of town, that your contestants this year are not at par with the winners of the past? The horse is prepared for battle, but victory is of the Lord. For our boys, they are all the same. Human uh, tempo and human behaviors are different. So last year we saw them to, very, to be sweet at it. This year we are careful with our answers and we come out on point. Look at it all so far. We are doing our best and we know we are going to win. Well, we'll see how it goes uh, later today. Presek will definitely break the eight. Will that happen? Well, let me take you to Santasi, a suburb of Kumasi. And Emmanuel Bright Kweku is at the campus of Opokuari School, where he'll be watching the finals with the students. Is always ready to break the 21-year-old jinx, Emmanuel? Definitely, MFA. You must be here at Opokuari School. The students, market women in Ashanti region, are on a cloud night. The excitement on campus is just over the roof. I mean, in fact, I've been interacting with some of the market women here, and they are promising to provide free food for the four months to the seven of the should he win um, the trophy for them. And then the whole of Kumasi, I must say, are rallying behind. And I interacted with um, the headmaster and the chaplain of the school, uh, who is also the committee chairman um, of the NSMQ. Take a listen to it. <laughs> And these are some students from Opokuwari School, and it's excitement for them. They have just started. They tell me this is just a prelims of what is going to happen here on campus. That is if they are going to win the trophy. So I feel excited. Today we are winning the trophy. Master, the trophy is coming to us. It's coming to us. But I have some teachers from the school to have a short interaction um, with them. I have the chaplain for the school and also um, the academic headmaster um, for the school. Seth, welcome to join you. Thank you. Seth, your boys are excited. I, I must say that if, we should, if you should win today, the school might be on blazing fire. We will turn the city upside down. Let's see if they get to turn the city upside down. But my colleague, Michael Papani Ashale, he may have a horse in the race, but he promises to remain neutral. He's